Hey, everybody. Uh, Scott here. If you've got a Bible in your house, you might want to grab it. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew 14. And I just want to share a story that I've kind of been ruminating with over the last really couple weeks. And um, it's a familiar story. It's about when Jesus walks on the water in Matthew 14. Um, and I think it's so applicable for the moment that we're in, uh, each one of us in different ways. When I was, before Claire and I moved out here to Marshall, uh, we had some friends that had boats, and some of them docked their boats on Lake Erie. And a couple of my buddies would invite me at times to go fishing on Lake Erie. And one of the things about Lake Erie, obviously one of the Great Lakes, is it's not a real deep lake. It's not like Lake Superior, for instance, or Lake Michigan or Lake Huron, uh, most of Lake Erie is like 17 to 20 feet deep, but really large at the same time. So what that creates is a condition where storms can come up and bad storms can come up and have devastating effects in a really short amount of time. So my buddies would always say it's important that we watch the weather report. And sometimes even if you watch the weather report, and the forecast seemed to be pretty good, you'd have to scurry off the lake in a hurry so that you weren't caught in a bad situation. Isn't that really how it feels right now? Like when we turned into the new year, I think a lot of us were feeling like this is going to be a great year. I even remember people saying, I am so glad that 2019's over and we're into 2020 and we can't wait for what's to come. Some people were looking forward to what was going to happen in their careers, perhaps, or their relational world, or whatever it might have been. And then here we are, really, just several weeks into the year, and suddenly we've had this huge turn. Well, this story is kind of like that. This story in Matthew 14, the disciples and Jesus are just really having some amazing things happen. There's a lot of excitement, and we pick the story up in verse 22 of Matthew 14, and it starts with this crazy word. It says immediately, which is kind of a trans, transition word, um, and the transition is from what's just happened. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Well, the immediately is a transition from what's just happened. And if you're not familiar, what's just happened is Jesus has just fed 5,000 people or more with a little boy's lunch. He made it multiply. And the disciples have got to be like, this is so awesome. It's so exciting. There's amazing stuff going on. They, they, they have an expectation that's increasing. There's an anticipation going on in their lives. There's a new level of hope and vision that's happening for them, kind of like some of us when we entered the new year. I mean, some of us didn't even have enough time to have our New Year's resolutions we weren't even at the point where we were starting to fail in trying to work those things out. That's how early this came. And then the whole world was turned upside down, literally. And here we are. We're in the midst of this storm. So Jesus immediately tells them, I want you guys to go in the boat. So think about this. They've just experienced the feeding of the 5,000. It's, it's the evening. They're excited about it. Jesus says, hey, jump in the boat. They're accustomed to being in boats, most of them. And they, he says, I'll meet you guys on the other side. Which, which kind of speaks to this thing about promise. 
See, because in the midst of all the excitement and all the anticipation, there's, of course, a promise. And God's always filling our lives with his promises. And the promise here is, I'll see you guys on the other side of this storm. They don't know a storm's coming, but he says, go ahead to the other side. I'll meet you there. I've got some other things to take care of. So they're excited. I can imagine them jumping in the boat and Bob Marley's playing in the background, you know. Don't worry, everything's going to be all right. They're giving high fives. They can't wait to meet Jesus on the other side of the lake because they can't wait for what might be next. They don't know that they're about to be in the one of the greatest storms of their life. The scripture goes on and it says... While he dismissed the crowd, Jesus uh, went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. It's an important word here, this word up. There's these small things that are important in this story. They're small, but important details. And this is one of them. Jesus goes up to pray. When you read through the Gospels, you find that Jesus goes up to pray a lot like he goes up to a mountainside. And it kind of metaphorically speaks to Jesus consistently trying to get the perspective of heaven into the lives of humanity. So Jesus goes up to pray because he wants to see things like it is seen in heaven. The promise is still true. Jesus knows that the storm is coming. He's telling them, I'll meet you on the other side. He's fully aware, knowing everything, that the storm is about to come. So the promise is not invalidated by the storm, not in their lives and not in our lives either. The promise for us, for all of us, is Jesus will see us on the other side of this. But the promise isn't just about seeing us on the other side. It's about also seeing us in the midst of the storm. And the story goes on. It says later that night, so it's evening time, Jesus goes to pray. Later that night when Jesus was alone, of course, he's up the mountainside. The boat was already a considerable distance from the land, and it was buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. So kind of like Lake Erie or wherever, it's getting crazy out there. Jesus is busy praying, but fully aware what's going on with the disciples. And it says... And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. It's interesting. Shortly before dawn. Now, this is another one of those small details that it's good to pay attention to. What it literally says in the original language is it's the fourth watch. So it's between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. It's the darkest part of the night. It's the part of the night that is the quietest, and it seems like it's the lonely, loneliest. Now, I've got a question. Don't you ever question sometimes when you read Scripture? Like, Jesus never seemed to be in a hurry, and I just love that about Jesus. Don't you love that about Jesus? And this is one of the places where I think, why was Jesus in such a hurry to get these guys out on the lake? Like, They didn't have a reservation at the Marriott in Gennesaret. There wasn't something they were trying to get to. There was no Priceline reservation that they couldn't cancel. Why did Jesus seem like it was important in the evening, in that kind of culture, to put them out on a boat? Wouldn't it seem better to just kind of camp down there, enjoy the miracle of the 5,000 for the evening, and just kind of rest into that, and go across the lake during the daylight. 
But this is pure Jesus, isn't it? This is how God shows up in our lives. Some storms, even though God doesn't create them, he knows they're coming. And some storms seem to be better served up in our lives in the dark. Seem to be show show up in that fourth watch. See, it's not an uncommon thing. If you do a, a study, for instance, of the fourth watch of the night, you'll find stories throughout the scripture where some of the most profound things that happen in people's lives happen during the fourth watch. Have you ever felt that way? That during the darkest moments of your life, and perhaps you feel that way right now, perhaps we all feel that way in a sense. This is something that has not been experienced for anyone else in humanity. What we're going through corporately right now, that this, this could be the most unique moment in our lives. And this could be the darkest place, but know that Jesus is there. God does some of his best work in the middle of the dark place. So the scripture goes on because Jesus doesn't leave us there. Shortly before dawn, so in the fourth watch, Jesus goes out to them. He walks on the lake. And when the disciples see him walking on the lake, they're terrified. They're not sure it's Jesus yet. They say it's a ghost, and they cry out in fear. So they have gone from listening to Bob Marley, giving high fives, to now they're they're really in a panic for their life. And Jesus, as Jesus does in all of our lives and is showing up in all of our lives even on this day, shows up for them. Jesus immediately says to them, and this is interesting, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. He says literally three things to them. Now, what happens to most of us is when we read this, we gravitate right away to don't be afraid. And there's good reason to say that because to think that because it's what makes most sense. And as many people have said or have uh, have proclaimed, and myself included, that this term do not be afraid shows up in Scripture, maybe more than any other term in Scripture. But it's interesting, what Jesus isn't saying here is don't be afraid of storms. Because there's good reason to be afraid in the midst of storm. Sometimes it's fearful. You might be wondering about your finances. You might be wondering about your family. You may be wondering about your job, your career. You might be wondering about your health. You may be really concerned right now about how your, fam- your, you know, your, your parents or your grandparents are going to do through this. Those are good reasons to be fearful. But it's interesting language that Jesus uses here. Jesus doesn't say just simply don't be afraid. First, he says take courage. When he says to take courage, what he's doing is acknowledging that fear is a, not, is a reasonable response right now. He also does say do not be fearful, but then he gives the reason why there's no reason to be fearful because he's in the storm with them. What he says is, it is I. Now this, it is I, he, it's a personal pronoun. He speaks back to himself and his presence. It, show, it shows up in one form or another, either for God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, throughout Scripture over 300 times. 
The first time it shows up is in Genesis. And one of the most magnificent times it shows up is in the book of Exodus, when Moses says, listen, God, I stutter. I got a problem. You want me to go stand before Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world, and represent you and your people and tell Pharaoh to let the people free? I don't know that I can do it. Who should I say sent me? And in the same language, God says to Moses, you just tell them, I am sent you. In other words, I'm on the scene. And I love it because he says, I am. And it's almost like I am blank. As if to say, whatever's needed for you and for me, I can fill in that blank. Some of us are so familiar with this language that Jesus uses here when he says, I am here. Because we, rem- we know that throughout Scripture, some of the ways that God shows up is he says to us, I am salvation for you, or I am your comfort, I am your strength, or I am your shield. I'm the Lord that heals you. I'm the Lord that provides for you. I am with you, Jesus said. And he also said, I am with you always, even in the midst of storms even in the midst of the storm that we're all experiencing now, and then the unique storms that are in each one of our lives. I am your deliverer. And Jesus goes on. And I love what he also says is that I am the way, the truth, and the life. What a comforting moment this must have been. What a powerful moment for the disciples on the boat to know that Jesus was on the scene And what a comforting moment for us to know that God is with us. So then it goes on and it says, Lord, if it's you, Peter says, tell me to come to you on the water. And come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water. He came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him because that's just how Jesus is with us. He loves that we're in pursuit. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat and the wind died down and those who were in the boat worshiped with him saying, truly, this is the son of God. I love how Mark, it's worded in Mark. It says, then Jesus climbed in the boat with them and the wind died down and they were completely amazed for they had not understood. Listen to what it says about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand because, remember, they're fresh off of feeding of 5,000. They're fresh off of Jesus saying, I am what you need. I am the bread of life. I am what everybody needs to be fed, to be comforted, to be strengthened, to be assured that no matter what the storm is, I am with you. It's beautiful. Um, Experts say that there's basically two ways that we perceive life. And the invitation is always for our perception to be one of faith, that we would look to Jesus in these really troubling times. Jesus doesn't expect us to discount the fact that this is a really, really hard moment in so many ways for so many people, including all of us. But what Jesus does invite us to is to trust him, 
two basic per- perceptions of life, experts say. One is the perception that life is all about what we can sense with our eyes, with our ears, with our mouth, what we can taste, what we can touch, and also the statistics and data. In the midst of all of the statistics, all of the data, all the information that comes our way, know that there is a second perception, and this is the one that Peter temporarily here actually really embraced. It's a perception that goes beyond just what we see in our natural. Even though those things are real, there's nothing necessarily improper with any of it. The fact was for Peter, the wind and the waves were very real. But so long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was going to be able to walk on water and actually did. But it was the moment that all of the information in his perception just shifted to what was in the natural. Then he began to sink. So for us in our world, sure, go ahead, continue. I I could say, you know, don't watch the news. Don't watch, don't look on Facebook at what's being said. But the truth is, is some of that is really important for all of us. It's good information, what's going on. And some of the things that the CDC is telling us and our leaders are informing us. But I would encourage all of us to, to take in what we cannot see, to take faith for the fact that God is with us in the midst of this. The end of this story is, I love this statement. It says, and then when they had crossed over, see, they got to the other side. Jesus will get us to the other side of this. The promise is not only for Peter and the disciples. It's not only for them on the middle of that lake. It's for us as well that we're going to cross over. And the invitation is that Jesus wants us to cross over, developing in our faith and growing in a life in Christ and inviting others to do so as well. Love you guys so much. Let's pray. So we're going to pray in a way that all the kids can join in too. Um, Many of you have not been maybe raised with this kind of prayer, but as a child, I was trained in it. And it was to make the sign of the cross. And it's a beautiful gift um, in times like this. And so the way that I learned it was in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And what this does for us is it actually causes us to submit to God with our intellect in the name of the Father. I let my mind, I let my mind be that, uh, the mind that uh, has higher ways. God speaks in Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways and neither are my thoughts your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, these are our high thoughts. And I want to say, God, I want to think your thoughts in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son. This is the sacred heart of Jesus. You're putting your hand on your heart and you're saying, Jesus moves with compassion. No matter what is happening, my heart is given to God. My emotions will be given to God. My affections will be given to God. My feelings can be given to God right here. So not only my IQ, But my EQ, my emotional intelligence can be given to God. And God, the Holy 
spirit, which says my whole body, all my instincts, you know, when the hair on the back of my neck raises up, when my pulse starts getting really crazy, I'm going to give my body to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give my mind, my IQ, my heart, my EQ, and my whole body, my gut intelligence, all the instincts I have to God, because God knows. And so let's do that together in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. God, we give you all of us, and we ask for your blessing. And even as we sing this blessing to close this time together, we give you thanks that you are the God of our mind, our emotions, and our bodies. And we offer all to you for our families and our children and our children's children. We trust you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And wherever you are this week, friends, you can pray that body prayer and give yourself to God. So why don't we all stand together wherever you are in your homes and sing the blessing um, with the Marx family. extend your hands toward the screen and imagine your friends and family from the church right now.
Amen. Amen. Peace be with you, friends. Take God's peace with you. And we love you so much and uh, hope to see you Mm -hmm. this week at at our groups. And even today, if you'd like to uh, just hop on that link and hang out with some of us, um, talk about what's happening in your life, we're there for you. And uh, we'll be in that meeting, the Community Connection meeting. Anybody want to say goodbye? You all want to say goodbye to folks? Bye, guys. God bless you. Love you so much. Fun. Have a blessing. On your children and your children's children. Exactly. Yes. Yes. yes, to a thousand generations. Yes. Love you. Love you, Love you all. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.